there, guys, and welcome to the commentary for Genesis Avalon, as Bruce is about to tell you. Genesis Avalon. Episode 7, and I will let him do the rest of the explaining here. As you can tell, this is director, writer, and actor Catherine Pride, here alone, again, independent ether. Episode 7. The nature of the beast. The nature of the beast. And yeah, I'm alone again because, again, I forgot to talk to Marley. Um, but hopefully, so next month, it will not just be me talking. Um, because I will have Mr. Britton with me as he started editing as of episode 8. And um, hopefully, I'll remember to get in touch with him more often. I should be okay because he's a cast member, so. For like more than one show that I do, so hopefully, I'll remember. Anyway, I apologize for you people having to put up with my crap. Um, <laughs> anyway, so here we are at episode seven, where we start to get into the um, the meat of the uh, of the plot, really. Um, and uh, there is Doctor Matthews, um, who shows back up, and I know she seemed like a total one-off character, but um. She's really important. And it's funny because my mom plays her, and it was like a total accident that my mom was playing her. Like, I didn't intend for that to happen. It just kind of worked out that way. And um, I'm really glad to, like, be able to say I cast my mom in a show. Like, that's just kind of fun. Because then the next time someone's be like, well, yeah, well, you don't cast people. And I'm like, yeah, well, I cast my mom. Oh, that's probably way more cool in my head than it was to you guys. weird <laughs> Anyway, so um, as you can tell, this is setting up this the stage that uh, Dr. Matthews has taken a sabbatical from teaching in Pennsylvania and has come up to New York City and um, is off to see a contact of sorts. Now, you all should have listened to the episode already because that is commentary etiquette. You listen to the episode first, commentary second. We know this. We know this. Anyway, so um, you already know the big creepy thing that's about, well, not creepy, but like the big... Ooh, thing that happens when uh, when Jaina runs into Dr. Matthews again in this episode, um, and that kind of gives some insight to Asara's past, the passage, and you know, I like to not tell you people about, which I know you all hate, but um. Anyway, so this starts to get into the more, you know, I introduce Dr. Matthews, who is a character who you will see again, you will see her again, um, and uh. I kind of am, am setting up for things like, um, like like the fact that Avalon um, is about to face something really scary. Oh, also, for those of you who saw the cover art for this episode, OMFG, Dan pulled that, like, I'm not kidding, like, pulled it out of my brain and transferred it to cover. And I didn't even talk to him, like, about what the demons look like. He just did it. It was just, oh. So I gotta give that boy props. Every month he never ceases to amaze me with what he does. So um, you should all tell him how awesome he is. Um, if you're actually listening to this commentary, ha ha. Anything good? Um. And I love. I just love this scene only because Bobby's like, I'm totally confident of being a desk aid. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely old. I don't get. I don't get paid enough to be competent. Woohoo! Wait, who is um, this guy? But, uh, yes. Sorry if I am totally distracted today. Um, this is one of those episodes where I keep, I just wind up wanting to listen and not talk. This is why I need another person with me, and I'm not going to talk about anything. Um, anyway. 
Good the job, uh, I guess that's why you're the uh, best gauge. <coughs> anyway, uh, see, it's like I keep going anyway and not actually saying anything to you people. That's pretty bad. So, ooh, but yes, no, I love the way that that puppies are. Hmm. Let me talk. Okay, in my head. Bobby is like Michael Buckley of What the Buck. For those of you who are YouTube channel subscribers, if you don't know who What the Buck is, go find What the Buck on YouTube. But that's how I imagine Bob. Like that's Bobby's ho ho hobby or something. Is <laughs> he's What the Buck? Um. But I just I love the way that he kind of reams out Julian for just being a jerk. And we all know that we love Julian, but he's like so super full of himself sometimes. He can be a bit of a dork. What's all that about? And, uh, this is where things turn for the creep-tastic. Oh, really? And, um, for, let me go ahead and give everybody a rundown of what actually happened in this episode. Because as I remember when Marley and I went to the episode the first time around, she had said that it was kind of out of left field. So I'm going to quickly give you a rundown, a, a timeline, as it were, of what has happened between episode 5, no, not episode 5, episode 6, and episode 7. This in episode six, is over with. Lilith need to move on. threw some sort of funky-looking, sure postulely dart kind of, you know, invasion of the body snackers pod thing at Martin. It lodged in his neck and basically injected some sort of demonic blood toxin thing, which starts making him act more and more like a demon. Like, as you can tell in here, where he fires Julian for literally no reason other than erratic behavior. I'm telling you guys right now, there's no, like, ulterior motive. It's not like Obsidian was like, ooh, Julian Alexander, I remember that asshole. Let me let me make sure that my demon, you know, spawn fires him. No, this is completely erratic behavior. He has stopped thinking rationally. And, um... <coughs> even though Avalon did remove the dart from his neck at the end of the episode, it still had time to inject... The poison. And one of the things I really wanted to touch on with the show was the fact that, you know, when you watch a lot of, like, these supernatural, you know, hero shows, like, one of the things that, like, you know, think about, like, think about, okay, I hate to say this, but, like, <coughs> sorry, think about stuff like Sailor Moon, where it's, like, if the person's been taken over, then, you know, Sailor Moon does some sort of sparkly little sugary thing, and then, oh, they're fine. They're going to wake up with a hangover. That's about it. And, you know, in a realistic war, which is really what this is, it is a war between the demons of hell who don't like the established order and the gods of the Celtic religion who choose their champion to defend them. And in a real war, there are casualties. And um, I just, I could not possibly justify doing this show without there actually being casualties. And... I mean, as uh, as Leanne mentions here in this scene, Asara is no stranger to these casualties. And as you'll find out throughout the season, the fact that Asara doesn't tell Jaina everything, like right up front, comes to bite everybody in the ass. And it just starts with Martin. Because if Asara had told Jaina from the get-go, look, this is what Obsidian did when I was Avalon, you know, you gotta look out for those dart things, if you see them, you gotta get them off them really quick, you know, get them out of there, um, instead, Asara never said anything, she was too wrapped up in her own crap, and, um, you know, Martin had to pay the price, but, like most things, I'm not a complete and total cynic, so, 
she is able to save their soul. So when Martin actually morphs into a demon, there's no, there's nothing she can do. She she has to do this, but it is not something that she does lightly, and it's not something that she is able to cope with. This is this is not just something that happens and then she goes, oh, I'm fine. It really does mess her up, and um, this is like only the tip of the iceberg. And I feel so bad for Dr. Matthews because, like, Jaina was one of her students, and she's like, wait a second, what the heck is going on? Like, how are you Avalon, and why are you Avalon, and I hate life. Like, I feel really bad because Dr. Matthews is kind of the, she's kind of the scholar of the audience, and I say that because she is a version of the eyes of the audience because people, I'm like, I'm sure some fans somewhere have sat there and gone, Holy crap, after all this still, Jaina, why are you Avalon? Like, why, after getting electrocuted by Belial, would you still decide to be Avalon? And that's kind of where Dr. Matthews is coming from, is like, in the in the way of, I have done everything to try and get Asara away from being Avalon, and you just like, ran headfirst into it. Awesome sauce. There... There are a lot of things about Asara's past that I simply can't tell you right now. Yes. So, and it, one of those major, you know, things that I can't really tell you, though, is in regards to Asara's actual marriage. Yes, Asara was married. That sounds like a really weird thing, because, like, when I hear myself playing her, I imagine I must sound like an old hag. So I'm like, ew, how could she possibly be married to anybody? Ew. But I'm just, I'm just kidding, really. For real. I'm just kidding. And yes, the Lilith-Asara rivalry is something that does not go away. And, uh, happens to be extremely important. I'm so sorry, people. I feel like I'm just rambling. Like, I don't have anything to talk about this episode. But, like, I know that when I do Catwoman commentaries, I spend all my time talking about music, probably, and actors. But, I, I feel like giving background on the show, and I don't have someone here to steer me in a different direction. But, ah, yes, and this is where Jaina, like, tells us our... Hey, yeah, so weird stuff, it was, like, happening, and I don't know what to do about it. And Asara's like, oh, shiznit. <laughs> um. And, okay, I don't think I did it in this episode, but there is an episode, and I have to tell you people, because Alicia will laugh when she hears this. Alicia Lee Matheson does, in fact, play Natalie. At one episode, I think it's like, I don't know when it is, I don't know if it's already happened or if it's about to happen, but when Natalie calls Jaina in one episode, her ringer is scheming Weasel from, from, from Once Upon a Time in Vegas, and I did that on purpose! Like, I totally did it on purpose, just to make people giggle. But it didn't happen yet, I don't think it's happened yet, but you will hear it soon. And yes, the, she's not exaggerating, people, like... 
when Martin turned evil, he probably, like, threw people out the window or something. He probably was like, Shaboosh, I hate you, and boosh, you're fired, I never liked your paper anyway, you know. Your horoscope's got, you know, your horoscope's stuck. Wait. Damn it. She doesn't know what she's walking into. Ooh, and here's the other important thing that you're about to hear. Is that Asara does a bad thing. She does a bad thing she's not supposed to do. That is the sound of her turning Noir into a panther on purpose, and that's not safe. Um, she mentioned it in the beginning when it, when Jaina first met her, that she only carries a certain amount of Avalon's power left over. Um, because her powers were taken from her. As opposed to everybody, every other Avalon who, like, gives their medallion up eventually. Um... So, like, jump-starting Noir's transformations, probably not the smartest idea. Um, and, but we'll touch on that more later. It definitely comes up more. But, um... And, okay, so I did this piece of music, and I know it sounds really, like, to me it still sounds really weird, but by the same token, it still makes sense. So, Pole, Pendulums of Pendant, is this piece of music really out of place? Or am I just being weird? Um, and yes, there's a C option. You can choose both. Because um, I am really weird and I know it. And, uh... Yes. And for those of you who are complete and total pendulum geeks like me, um, yes, it's supposed to be summer. That's a, that is a summer Gleason sound-alike. Yeah, I wonder if maybe that's because my roommate happens to play summer Gleason. Um... <laughs> And okay? I have to say right now, I am very sad to see Mark Allen Jr. go. Uh, he actually took over for Martin because the original actor did like two episodes and then was getting really unreliable. So I, you know, I had already made plans to kill Martin off, but I decided to speed them up and kill them off in this episode. And after doing it, I was like, no, I really, because then I recast the actor anyway, and I was like, no, I don't want to kill Martin now. But it needed to happen, um, for reasons you'll understand as we go. But I absolutely love the whole, the whole dynamic here of, of how I did it, because the, it's not just Mark Allen doing the voice of, uh, of Martin underneath, it's also David Sokowiak, I think I said that right. And David Alt, all doing like nasty, nasty ass demon voices, so it all comes together. But it like worked out really well. And then Noir comes in for the rescue. By the way, I'd just like to point out people that finding panther footsteps is like the hardest thing in the world. I just I felt like I had to share. He's a demon now. Purify his soul before he is eternally claimed by Obsidian's reign. I'm like, that's so sad. Like, Jane is all, OMFG, I'm not gonna kill a guy. He's like, oh, it's too late. Already dead. Just, just like, exercise the demons and move on. <laughs> and Jaina's like, um, WTF. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when Cat Pride is at caffeine before commentary. As I sip my very, very sweet iced tea. Mmm, Chick-fil-A. Don't but. struggle. 
Oh, I feel so bad. Like, okay, I'm not even going to lie. I planned all of this stuff for Avalon. It's not like I didn't have a plan in mind. But I still feel bad for the crap I put her through. Like, I'm like, I have those moments, like, here, where I'm like, oh, great, she has to, like, send a guy to, to heaven. She has to purposely send his spirit away. And all I can think is, oh, my God, what a horrible person I am for doing this to this character. But I'm going to do it anyway. And there, there goes Mark Allen Jr. My heart goes out to you. You, did it. you have been awesome for the episodes you have been involved in. And my god, I will find a place for you somewhere, man. You will show up on one of the shows somewhere! <laughs> um, but, oh, this ending is just so sad. And fans of the show can make what you will of the fact that Bobby is this torn up over Martin. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to come out and say anything because it's not my job to. It is purely up to no. your speculation. No. I'm just no. saying. I am just no. saying. No. Wink, wink. Kinnage, kinnage. Say no more, just say no more. I love this piece of music, too. It's you know, I mean, all the music is Kevin McLeod, but this is one of those pieces where he, like, had taken a classical piece of music and then messed with it, and it really just turned out really well. And I feel like, okay, and like, I know that it totally feels like, no, it can't be daylight, because, like, you totally forget what time of day it is because you're too busy watching her fight. But, like, no, that happened, like, in broad daylight, and people were watching, and, ah. Oh. I killed I'm so mean to Jaina. No wonder Laura Post hates my guts some days. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have now gone through episode 7 of Genesis Avalon, The Nature of the Beast. And as you can tell, the nature of the beast will be explained soon. Although, not in this episode. I think it gets explained in the next episode. But yes, so, you have put up with me rambling yet again for another episode. I'm not sure how you can do that. I would go crazy if I had to put up with me for an entire 20 minutes. Like, just talking. Oh, I need more caffeine, clearly. Anyway, so, thank you all for listening, and I'm really, really glad that you have stuck with it so far. It gets better. It gets more heart-wrenching, and it gets even more action-packed from here. Uh, things that you think we're going to go one way, go another. And it just gets nuttier from here. So stick around, and as Jeffrey says, thank you for listening. I will catch you guys next month. Ciao.